Okay. Assalamualaikum. Do you think? Well, that solves that. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. All right. Bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Salatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi. Man wa la. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad. تب القلوب ودوائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها ونور الأبصار وضيائها وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم بسم الله We left off where Imam al-Muhasibi رحمه الله تعالى said the following ونفعنا الله إياه بعلومه في الدارين آمين واستعن بالله في كل أمر واستخر الله في كل حال وما أرادك الله له فاترك الاعتراض فيه وكل عمل تحب أن تلقى الله به فألزمه نفسك وكل أمر تكرهه من غيرك فاعتزله من أخلاقك وكل صاحب لا تزداد به خيرا في كل يوم فانبذ عنك صحبته وخذ بحظك من العفو والتجاوز Hmm. So he says the following. Hmm. He says, وَاسْتَعِنْ بِاللَّهِ فِي كُلِّ أَمْرٍ Seek the aid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every single situation. Seek the aid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every single situation. This is very important. As we said before, Imam al-Muhasibi, He's teaching us how do we live a life with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where we try to put things in the right place but we live properly with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And one of the things we said before specifically about this issue of Palestine Palestine is only Palestine is only liberated under the flag of la ilaha illallah and on the sunnah of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So as we have concern of course for the matter of Palestine وَاسْتَعِنْ بِاللَّهِ بِكُلِّ أَمْرٍ we have to make sure that we're turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and imploring Him. In His hands is all of creation, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so the believer takes both, uh, both sets, of, sets of causes, the physical causes and the metaphysical causes. Physical causes might be depending on where a person is, there's certain levels of activism, maybe protest, maybe events, maybe organizing, maybe fundraising, whatever else it might be, a person takes different causes. And then at the same time, the person has to sincerely and truly turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seek His help. And say like, I'm not going to miss my salat, I'm going to pray on time. I'm not going to miss my reading of the Qur'an and giving it to those who have passed away. I'm not going to miss these opportunities to make dua between the adhan and between the iqamah. I'm not going to miss my opportunities to make dua in the last third of the night. As one of our mashayikh was reminding us. But they say that the dua in the last third of the night is the arrow that doesn't miss its target. So you want to make dua for something, you really care about something, whatever it is. And then we have to put ourselves to the test. If, if I really care about something, do I think that I'm the one that's going to help it or is Allah the one that's going to help it? And if Allah is the one who's going to help it, then I have to take something at least of the, med- of the spiritual means. Not necessarily that... Like everyone has to wake up and pray for six hours, three hours in the last third. I'm not saying that. I'm not guilt tripping anyone in that way. But I'm saying that we have to always pair our material efforts with our spiritual efforts. This is where we start to see fruit. So he says, وَاسْتَعِمْ بِاللَّهِ فِي كُلِّ أَمْرٍ وَاسْتَخِرِ اللَّهِ فِي كُلِّ حَالٍ Then he says, and seek the, uh, do istikhara, seek what is khair from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every single situation. Every single situation. So again, this is kind of like a, a very living relationship with Allah. That I'm going to be living with Allah every single thing I do. Bismillah, Ya Allah, if this thing is good for me, make it happen. 
And it could be the simplest things. I'm not, I don't make any claims to this, as I've said before. Imam al-Muhasibi is a giant from our tradition. To be able to do the things that al-Muhasibi did, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, this is, you know, I believe that the, uh, I have any number of shortcomings and inabilities to do many of the things that are mentioned, but I believe that there are, there's so much good in the Muslims that there will be people who hear it, that in, uh, for sure they do it, right? And, and Muhasibi is what he's saying, is he's saying, a person is then in the, in the process of seeking Allah's guidance in everything. So maybe I intend to go out and do something. And before I go out, I say, Bismillah, Ya Rabbi, if this is good for me, let it happen. Maybe you go out and something happens on the way. And you're like, SubhanAllah, I'm not, I guess I'm not going to that. Maybe something doesn't happen. And then you know, I intended this thing, it was a good thing, I tried to do this thing, I made this istikhara, Allah didn't do any sort of intervention. And I landed in this place is where I'm supposed to be. So now it's very, you know, one of, the, one of the things that's amazing to me is that the, the teachings that we have in Islamic spirituality, they inculcate in a person a tremendous level of humility. But they inculcate within the person a tremendous level of strength at the same time. So the person is going to be very humble. I say, Bismillah, we seek your aid, Allah. Allah, if this is good for me, make it happen. And what's going to happen when they come to it then? They came to, they came to the steps towards it with humility. When they come to handle whatever the business is that they went to handle, they were intending to do, now they're going to do it with a lot of strength and azimah. Like, alhamdulillah, this is where Allah wanted me to be. I'm carrying this thing out. You know? So there's this, there's this balance between the humility and the strength. And then it's related. And the thing that Allah wants for you, the thing that Allah wants for you, do not object to it. Do not object to it. So what is, again, if we take the same analogy and we walk through it, right? Person intends to do this thing, it's a good thing, they feel like they should do it, even I'm talking about little things. They're going to, like, they wake up and they're like, you know what, I should really go to the grocery store today. I think I'm going to go to Sprouts instead of Trader Joe's. Bismillah, Ya Rabbi, I'm going to go to Sprouts. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with living every moment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And Bismillah, and they go. And then along the way, they, they get a call and they, there's like some construction and they realize, okay, I'm going to go to Trader Joe's. Like, but I really wanted to go to Sprouts today. It's a silly example, right? But kisana dhanik mashittim in umur. You know, make, make analogy on that, whatever you want. But it's, and then they're like, okay, but I'm, now Trader Joe's is where I'm going. Many other things happen, right? I want to go to this university, I did this thing and that, so on and so forth. And I'm, I'm making all the intention, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I want to get into this place, it didn't work out. Allah wanted this other thing for me. Leave the objection. It's very hard to do actually. It's not a very easy thing to do. Very other common place where it happens, three big places. What school you get into, what job, you, what, what school, what job, what person you marry. <laughs> big, big issues of like, Seeking Allah's help and then having i'tirad and all of these kind of things. And Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jilani radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, uh, uh, he said, Something along these lines, the end part. He says, This is, uh, he says that if you object to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when the Qadr descends, when the decree descends, you object to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then know that this is the death of your deen. This is the death of your tawheed. This is the death of your tawakkul. This is the death of your sincerity and your religion. You know, Shaykh Abdul Qadr, sometimes his language is very strong. But he knows who he's speaking to, right? So don't like get too shook up by it, but take the idea. The idea is if I'm facing something and I'm going in a certain direction and I'm going with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now there's a fork in the road. And Allah has kind of clearly pushed me in this direction. I'm not going to object. Bismillah, Ya Rabbi. This is where you want me to go? I'm going. Stay on post. You know? This is one of the things I was emphasizing this morning. Every single person is on post somewhere. Every single person. You, know, you see it when we went to Islam Halay last night with the Imam Jihad's community. Hafidhullah. Uh, you see it very clearly. Everyone's on post. You're on this spot. You're on that spot. This is your responsibility. That's your job. This is your angle. You're sp this is one thing you're supposed to handle. This is the thing you're supposed to handle. Not everyone's on the same post. 
Some people, their post is to take care of their kids. Some people, their post is to work 12 hours a day. Some people, their post is to, I don't know, teach people. Some people, their post is to go to the gym. I don't know, whatever. It might be the thing that they need to do at that time, right? But they stay on that. And then if there's a new assignment, you go to the new assignment. You know? This morning I was telling the story and I told them don't judge me and they probably did and you'll probably judge me too. But uh, I was listening to this interview with Fat Joe. You know, Fat Joe. <laughs> is Allah not the creator of the heavens and earth? Is it? I mean, Allah is the creator of everything. Everything's tied together. I love to listen to interviews with people who have done, done interesting things. Because you always get gems. So I'm listening to this interview with Fat Joe. Fat Joe is like a rapper. People don't know. So kind of like a little bit old school now rapper. And he, he had a label, or at least a group, that Muslims aren't allowed to talk about. Which is called Terror Squad. <laughs> Fat Joe. Fat Joe was talking about how he said a lot of people in our industry that we look up to, we love and we respect and so on and so forth. He's like, they never put anyone on. Meaning like they're in a position of authority, they're in a position of influence, and they never lifted up anyone else. They just kept that for themselves, right? And he was talking about how he was a person who was usually on top from like 14 years old. He was the guy who was on top, people underneath him. He's like, but I always put people on. I always lift people up. And then he says in the interview, he's like, I put DJ Khaled on. We call him DJ Khaled with a Kha, you know? <laughs> Outside of any, I know there's a lot of issues right now and, you know, people are upset with DJ Khaled. Focus on the point of the story, okay? So, he says he put DJ Khaled on. And then in the course of the interview, he's saying, that was the first point, is that if you're in a position to uplift other people, you uplift other people. That's what you do. And sometimes when you're in a position like that, it's very easy for you to make, give other people big chances, Right? And then he said the second point that he made was, he's like, and then, and, and he said, in our industry, a lot of people, they don't know how to play number two. This is my point about the post, okay? They don't know how to play the number two spot. He's like, now, he's like, I, I put DJ Khaled on. But DJ Khaled is number one now. And if I'm with DJ Khaled, then I hold the door for him. He gets out the car, I hold the door for him. He walks on the red carpet, I walk on the red carpet like I'm number two. I'm not here to be recognized and to be appreciated and everything else. I'm here to make sure that he's good, right? It was a really interesting point. I was thinking like, subhanAllah, look at this understanding that this person has. Like this is, at this moment, this is my role and I stay on this role. And at this moment, this is my role and I stay on this role. And there's different positions that a person plays at different times, okay? And then what Allah subhanAllah, and maybe Allah puts you in this position, that's alhamdulillah, it's good. Allah puts you in this position, alhamdulillah, it's good. So like, Where is Shireen? Sheikh Fouad didn't arrive yet, did he? Sheikh Fouad's not here yet? Okay, alhamdulillah, bismillah, before he arrives. So like before, <laughs> um, and <laughs> like when we started the Majlis, most people didn't really know Sheikh Fouad that much. Like in our broader community, he wasn't like as well known. And then over time, people who have attended and stuff, it became very clear to them that Sheikh Fouad has a lot more knowledge than the other person who people look at sometimes. And then it just stays that way. Alhamdulillah, this is this is a person does this, this person does this, people do different things. Alhamdulillah, it's all good, right? People have different roles. So, uh, and then you don't leave the Ertirad. May Allah help us, it's not easy. It's not easy. But at least we should recognize the concept. Like, okay, we might struggle a little bit. But if we have those moments where we realize like, okay, I wanted to do this thing, but Allah wanted something else. And I was just like, okay. I'm going to struggle a little bit, but I'm going to try to hang on to my spot. He said, in every deed that you want to meet Allah with it, then bind it, bind it to yourself. Every deed that you want to meet Allah with it, bind it to yourself. Okay? So like, maybe I want to, make, I want to meet Allah and... Like I want to meet Allah and I don't want to be a hater, you know? Like I don't want to stand in front of Allah. 
imagine, imagine you come on the Day of Judgment, you're a hater, right? You're like, hate this person and that person and this person. You have jealousy for this person and that person. And you come on the Day of Judgment and Allah elevates these people and loves these people. And you're going to stand in front of Allah and be like, yeah, Allah, I'm sorry, I was a hater. Like, I couldn't control it. No, I don't want to be that. So I have to find this inside of myself, take that thing out, and zimhu nafsak. Okay? Gratitude, appreciation, respect, you know, all of these type of things. I'm going to force myself to have those things. Because when I meet Allah, I want to have that. I don't want to be out of that. You know? Maybe someone wants to meet Allah, they want to be a hafid. You know? Be a nice thing. Memorize the whole Quran. You come in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah's like, okay, here's your book. And in your book you find, you know, you know that you're a hafiz. Be really nice. Stand in front of Allah and be like, Allah, I memorized your book. I did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and I had all these issues, but I memorized your book, Allah. Maybe you did something else. Maybe you like, Allah had all of these shortcomings, but I love the Muslims. Allah had all of these shortcomings, but I tried to do charity as much as I could. Or I tried to get people's back. Or I tried to support people. I tried to be there for those who are in need. Whatever it might be. I want to be someone, like if there's something, his point is, again, we get into this thing about the relationship has to be real. So I have to think to myself, when I stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what do I want to be known for? Right? It's going to happen. This is not out of like arrogance or something. No, it's not like I want to be the most famous person or I want to be the most richest person or something. People do things in dunya, but we're talking about akhirah now. We're going to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're going to be known for something. What is it going to be? And again, it doesn't have to be on the same, like, we're not necessarily playing with the same deck of cards as everyone else, right? It could be that, like, Ya Allah, I want to stand in front of you and just, like, have hurt as few people as possible, <laughs> you know? And, and I meet Allah, and Allah's like, there's a lot here, but, like, you missed this prayer, you missed that prayer, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. But I see here that you had this intention but you didn't want to hurt people. So all this stuff is gone. But the point is, alzimhu nafsak. Whatever it is, put it on yourself. Hold, hold yourself to it. Hold myself to it. And everything that you hate from yourself, everything that you hate, I'm sorry, uh, from someone else, everything that you hate from someone else, stay away from it in your own character. Everything that you hate from someone else, stay away from it in your own character. This is one of the most important ways to know uh, our own things that we need to work on. And we've talked about this a million times before. What are the different ways that you know something that you need to work on? Anyone? Anyone remember? Yeah, Majid. You recognize it in others. Okay. Anyone? Anything else? Okay, this is the deeper one. You might feel triggered by it. Yeah, then you, then you recognized it and it kind of hits you deeper. So there's more to work through there. Yeah. Uh, you see it in someone else. What else? You have a friend who makes it, tells you, right? A good friend who tells you, like, you have this, I noticed this thing with you, you know? You have a reliable spiritual guide or teacher who tells you, like, okay, you should work on this. Or your enemy said something about you, right? Your enemy said, like, are saying certain things about you, and then you realize, okay, actually, that is within me. So there's always this look towards internally, what can I rectify? So you say, whatever you see in someone else, and you don't like that thing, min then stay away from it in your own character. Stay away from it in your own character. For example, you might witness an ongoing political situation or one of the laments that you have in that ongoing political situation is that the coverage that you hear from the other side is always inaccurate and wrong and overgeneralized. So what should I do? Make sure that I don't share things that are inaccurate and overgeneralized and wrong. Right? Isn't that what you like, okay. I see all this garbage coverage. Wait, maybe I shouldn't share garbage coverage. 
Like maybe I should take a moment and check the things that I'm getting, check the things that I'm receiving, so on and so forth. Maybe you see an ongoing political conflict and you're like, subhanAllah, there's so much hatred and racism and all this stuff in this interaction. So what do I have to do? Make sure that I don't have hatred and racism in this interaction, right? doesn't mean that you can't fight back. That's not the point. But the point is, you don't become the oppressor in your effort to overcome the oppressor. Right? What does that require? I have to, then I have to look at the oppressor and see the things that I don't like in them. I don't want them in myself. Right? The person that I'm against, I don't want that in myself. Right? So there has to be always this internal uh, recognition. Like sometimes you see, I'll give you one of them that hit home for me. Is that sometimes we would teach and serve in community and stuff like that. And you'd be like, people don't like to learn. People don't respect their teachers. Stuff like this. Maybe you might not, sometimes these th thoughts come in a person's head, you know? And then you think to yourself like, am I trying to learn? Do I have teachers? Do I respect my teachers? And you start to look around and you're like, wait a second, like a lot of religious teachers don't have teachers. <laughs> and you're like, wait, like, this is kind of strange. You know, like this is, this is a strange state of affairs that a lot of, I'm, talking about sen I'm not talking about senior religious teachers. I'm talking about like more junior religious teachers. They don't have teachers. So like, wait a second, there's, this happened to me. You know, I was like, I need to fix myself. Allah give us good teachers. And then he said, وَكُلُّ صَاحِبٍ لَا تَزْدَادُ بِهِ خَيْرًا فِي كُلِّ يَوْمٍ فَنْبِذْ عَنْكَ صُحْبَتًا This one's extreme, you know. He says, every person that you keep company with, that you don't find good in them, you're not increasing in good with them every single day, then stop keeping their company. To me, the way to understand all of these things is to make a distinction between the people that we're around and the people who are our suhba. This is how I this is how I understand and make sense of a lot of these things. So there's a difference between the people that I'm around for any number of reasons and the people who are my suhba. The people who are my suhba are the ones who when I'm around them we should all be doing better. We're all increasing. And someone else, if I'm around them, and that's not the case for whatever reason, maybe I'm not, I'm like sacrificing something of myself in order to maybe help them in some sort of way or whatever. There might be any other number of reasons why a person has an interaction, right? Those would be people I'm around for some sort of intention and some sort of responsibility, but they're not my sahaba. Like they're not the people who I carry in my heart with me after I leave them. Following? They're not the people who I carry in my heart with me after I leave them. The ones I carry in my heart after I leave them, that's my sohbah. And sometimes that requires for me to stop thinking about certain things. Right? Like sometimes there's some sort of drama, there's some sort of thing, and it keeps playing in our heads. And we have to, at some point, we have to be like, wait a second, that's not my sohbah. Like, I'll deal with that whenever I need to deal with it, and we'll handle it however we need to handle it. But that's not what I'm going to fill my heart with right now. I'm going to fill my heart with something else. Right? We make this kind of distinction. Allah Tajawas. And then he says, and take your share, take your share of Al Af Tajawas. Al Afu is to pardon something, to overlook it. Right? And the tajawas is basically to like move past it. They're pretty similar. Right? A little bit different if you think about it Like to pardon something And to overlook it is a little bit different than to move past it Right But the idea here is that things happen And we keep it moving You know Like say you're walking somewhere Say you're in Hajj In Umrah or Hajj You're making Tawaf Tawaf's crazy busy place right You're making Tawaf Someone might bump into you And like bump into you a little bit Like give you a good bump you know you can like keep it moving, keep making your tawaf. Or you could turn around and like get in a conflict in the middle, of, in front of the Kaaba. Those are two different options. One of them is you keep it moving and you forgive and you move on. And like, 
again, like, don't think of extreme situations. I hope we've learned this over time. Whenever there's a general point, don't think of extreme examples. If someone really wrongs you or something, you could actually do that. We're going to get to that in a little bit. But that's not the point here. The point is, like again, the things that I just said. Maybe someone did like something that's not best. Maybe they kind of slighted you a little bit. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go. I'm going to keep moving. Maybe they did it. This is like the seventh time they did it. Okay, maybe it's a little bit different. But they, maybe there's something. Keep it moving. Take your share of forgiving people and pardoning them, overlooking them, and so on. Uh, I'm not going to read the bottom here. I was going to read it, but I think it's okay. Uh, all right. Then he says, "Wa'alam anna mu'mina muqtabarun sidquhu fi kulli hal." Subhanallah. Look at this expression. I know his expression is amazing. Subhanallah. وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ الْمُؤْمِنَ مُخْتَبَرٌ صِدْقُهُ فِي كُلِّ حَالٍ مُطَّلَبٌ نَفْسُهُ بِالْبَلْوَى رَقِيبٌ لِلَّهِ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ فَاثْبُتْ عَلَى مَحَجَّةِ الْحَقِّ تَأْتِيكَ مَوَدَّةٌ خَلْقِ Subhanallah You know this book is like it's, uh, if you recall some of you who maybe attended when we uh, studied the hikam the aphorisms of Ibn Atala secondary, Rahimullah. One of the things I always think to myself whenever I read the Hikam is like this the existence of this book to me is an evidence of the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you read it and you're like, there's no way a human being can come up with this without being inspired. Like it's just clear that something else was going on here. It's so different, it's so unique, it's so beautiful. It, it came from somewhere, you know? And Al-Muhasibi, when you read him, you feel the same. You're like, SubhanAllah, where did he... Like, this is amazing. The stuff that, in the previous pages we read, like, the language is so incredible. It's it's so packed, and it's so small. Uh, I mean, so he says, Wa'alam, know that the believer is tested in his sidq, in every situation, every moment. The sidq, the honesty and the sidq we've talked about before, right? Sidq is extremely, extremely important concept in Islam. And very, very high station. And they say like the station right below the prophets is the siddiqeen. This is very high level. People who have sidq, very high level. That's why Abu Bakr is siddiq. It's not a coincidence that Abu Bakr is the best person after the prophets, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And he is a Siddiq. This is, this is a, it's, it's not a coincidental thing. Because he has absolute integrity in his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Absolute integrity. So he says, what, know that the believer is tested in their Siddiq in every single situation. Like, okay, what is it that brought you to be in this place that you're in right now? And doing this thing that you're doing right now, okay, is going to be tested. Probably some people have seen this. I'll give you a personal example. And we can't let it make us shy away from doing what's right. Okay, I'm going to give you a personal example and I'll tell you the fitness of it. Every single time I read a parenting book, not even read it, like read a page, two pages from a parenting book, I go home and my kids test me. <laughs> it's like without fail every single time. Every single time, you know, or like we watched, we started watching and fell asleep. The thing about Mr. Rogers, what was his name? Fred Rogers, right? The, the one that they did on Netflix. What is it called? Would you be my neighbor or something? Anyone? Yeah? Who watched that? Anyone watched that? Wasn't it amazing? Amazing. So beautiful, you know? And you see like the way he's dealing with the kids and the ideas he had behind it and all of this kind of stuff. And then I was like, I saw it like I saw it. This is, you know, subhanAllah, human beings are impressionable. I saw a few minutes of it, I wanted to wear a tie. <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> like he's wearing a tie, you know, like Mr. Rogers wears like what my dad used to wear to work. You know, it's also a part of it. It was like, he wears a tie, he's got like his little thing. 
I watched Mr. Rogers. I was like, man, I need a tie. Like, what's the fiqh on ties again? Like, this is literally what was going on in my head. And then I was like, look at the way that he's speaking to these children. Look at the way that he's talking to these children. Look at the way he's thought about this and so on and so forth, right? I was like, I'm going to do this. I wake up the next morning and I did it for like 30 seconds. <laughs> you know? like, for 30 seconds, everything was great. And subhanAllah, honestly, like there was a difference. 30 seconds. Like my daughter, she came and she said something and I like, I was like, I'm going to channel like Mr. Rogers right now. I sat in front of her and I like looked her in her eye and I was listening. And it was like so beautiful for the 30 seconds that I had the capacity to do that, right? And then like 30 seconds more passed, it's like, okay, I guess. Yeah. You can't jump right away. Like you can't, you have to go incremental steps. You can't become Mr. Rogers in, in one watching of a television show, right? Well, the point is, you're tested. You make an intention, you want to do something good. Know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to test that intention. So why, why do you pick up, and pick up a parenting book and read it? Because I believe that parenting is actually like the baseline interaction that affects everything else. The, the, relation, the parent-child relationship mirrors every other relationship. I believe this is also why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts so much emphasis. Of course, there's many reasons. But obey Allah, be good to your parents. Why? Obey Allah, be good to your parents. Why? Because there's a mirroring here. There's a relationship here that needs to be understood and respected and appreciated, right? So it's like, I'm gonna, if, if I want to be a good teacher, I need to be a good parent. So I need to sit down and read parenting books. Right? Sit down and read parenting books, get tested. So what do you do? Stop reading the book? Of course not, right? And we can't be cowardly in the way that we deal with ourselves. Like we have to, it takes a lot of courage. Like, no, okay. I'm going to read a page, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to read a page, I'm going to do it again. And like, keep trying to be better and better. But know that if we're trying to be sincere and good and honest about something, you're going to be tested in it. People who are really like active about Palestine and stuff like that, well, you might be tested in it. Like, you're really about the cause, you might be tested in it. And it's, it's you know, like, may Allah give us the bet. May Allah make us firm. You don't, we don't know. I always tell people, like, don't talk big because you don't know what you're going to do in a situation until you're in the situation. You really don't know. That was one of the uh, lessons we saw online and we saw in reality from the Egyptian revolution. You, know? you really don't know what you're going to do until like, you hear voices on the loudspeaker in the neighborhood saying every, every able-bodied man needs to come down to the street right now and protect the neighborhood. You don't know what you're going to do. Until someone's standing in front of you and it's like a situation... You don't know, like your job is on the line maybe and you have to do what's right. Like there's a lot of, you don't know, right? I don't know. I'm not making any claims. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, protect us and, and, and give us strength to do what's right. But the believer is, te- their, their sincerity and integrity is tested in every situation. There's some different, uh, uh, it means basically that, uh, you know, may Allah reward Sheikh Abu Fatah Abu Ghadda. You know, he helps us a lot with some things. Some of the expressions you can't—it's hard to understand them. But he tells you what they mean. So it's, it means that they, the person, talibu uh, means that they, when they're faced with a difficulty, they call themselves to patience. By the way, benwa difficulty can be good and bad. Right? Like a blessing is a benwa. A blessing is a, is a difficulty. Like, I, how am I? It's actually probably a harder one. They say, actually, they say that um, that the levels of sabr that Sayyidina Yusuf salam had to exercise in the story indicate the levels of difficulty, and they indicate the types of patience that a person has to exercise. Okay, so what's the first thing he had to have patience over? Being thrown in the well, right? So being thrown in the well was he was afflicted with something. He had no control over it. I have to have sabr. It's one level of sabr. Second level of sabr is he's approached by this woman, right? And he had to refrain from doing something bad. And his refraining from doing something bad, he has to exercise patience. That's another type of patience. To refrain from doing something you shouldn't do, right? Second level. 
Third level patients, he's given authority as, a, as basically an, uh, like a minister in the earth. Now he has to handle that position properly. This is third level patients. Very difficult, right? So don't only understand like difficult, a trial or a difficulty as being something that's like, oh, you know, I got sick. It could be that you didn't get sick. This is, this is a trial too, right? The person has health. Okay, what am I going to do with this health? That person has opportunity. What am I going to do with this opportunity? person has wealth. What am I going to do with this wealth? Right? All of these things are also trials. And in the face of those trials, they demand from themselves sabr. They demand from themselves sabr, patience. Sabr really is ra'su kulli khair. It's, it's the... It's, it's the... Um, how do you, it's like the... The source of all good. Sabr is the source of all good. It's very difficult, you know. But I have to be steadfast. Those of you who were there last night at Islah Halay, you know, Imam Sadiq, Hafidahullah, what did he say? It was so powerful, you know. You have this beautiful event, this beautiful organization. You see the progress they've made, all the things they've done, everything over the last 50 years, right? And they finally, they recognize Imam Sadiq for all of his work and his life and everything else. They give him the mic, they bring him the mic. What does he say? He says, Assalamu alaikum. I'm grateful for all of you, you know, for everything you said. And then he says, and we have to keep going. We have a lot of work ahead of us. We have to be patient. That was the end of his talk. That was it. <laughs> you know, that was it. That's all that needs to be said. You have to be patient. One of, one of our teachers, may he, be, may he truly be one of our teachers and may we truly be one of his students. We would ask him sometimes for advice. He would just be like, sabr with dhikr. Sabr with dhikr. Just have sabr, make dhikr. Have sabr, make dhikr. Have sabr, make dhikr. So keep moving. Keep moving forward. Keep pushing forward. Because things are happening. We have to believe with absolute certainty that even if we don't see the things that are happening, that when we do good things, things are happening. Okay? We don't always see them right away. We don't always see what it is. We don't even understand sometimes what it is. Some of us probably had this experience, you know. Maybe you did something, someone comes back to you years later and they're like, you know, you, this thing happened, that thing happened, changed the whole course. And you're like, subhanAllah, I had no clue, you know. But when you, when you plant seeds of good, they grow. And one of the beautiful things actually is that when they grow like this in this kind of like inconspicuous way, they're so beautiful when they show up. And I was thinking about Islah Halay actually, right? Think about it. they they did the present they go showed you the numbers. They said 2013 we started Islah. Imam Jihad inherited a community 2013 in a sense. They had a budget of fifty thousand dollars a year and nobody was paid. Did anyone read between the lines on that one? I mean, there were some things that were said, but you read. Imam Jihad did not start that community. Imam Jihad inherited that community in a sense. He inherited decades of his father's work with no pay. $50,000 budget. And then they said 2023, our budget was $1.8 million. $50,000 in 2013, $1.8 million in 2023. People will look at that and be like, oh, you know, Imam Jihad, he's doing, of course Imam Jihad did amazing things. He's been, it takes a lot of work, you know, what he's done. But there is a foundation there, a lot of people are sleeping on it. And that was Imam Sadiq, like visiting people, dealing with people, building relationships, building trust. All of that work that like, you know, the ground had to be tended to so that something could be built on it. Right? Something had to happen. And so sometimes when we're doing good things, we don't realize that the ground is being set. I might not see it. The ground is being set. Something comes later. Like we keep saying about uh, this issue of the liberation of Palestine and the Crusades and stuff like that. Right? The liberation of Palestine was not Salah al-Din. Everyone understands that, right? Like it's never one person. There's a lot of things that are planted before that. That one person was a great person, but it's not one person. The, the, the spreading of the Nidhamiya system, 
that um, <laughs> multiple. Alhamdulillah. The spreading of the Nidhamiya system that built madrasas in multiple places and produced great scholars and brought back like a revival of, of, of Sunni Islam and all of these kind of, Imam al-Ghazali comes before him Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani comes before him Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jilani has students that are connected to him that spread all throughout the lands and all of those people are on the front lines in the jihad when Salah al-Din comes this is the seeds that were being seeds were being planted you know you didn't see them but we have to believe with absolute certainty I'm going to sit here I'm going to try to do something good and when I try to do something good, every single time I do something good like that, I put a seed in the ground. And that's Allah's earth. Allah takes care of His earth. Allah does what He wants from it. But I'm going to keep putting those seeds in. I'm going to keep putting those seeds in. It looks desperate. I'm going to keep putting those seeds in. What's, that? What's the advice of the Prophet ﷺ? If the end of time comes and you had a seed sapling in your hand, and you were going to plant it and put this little plant in the ground, the end of times came, what do you do? The end of times. What do you do? Put it in the ground. So, what do we do when things seem like really desperate? Put some stuff in the ground. Put it in the ground. Like, I'm going to teach some people. I'm going to help some people. I'm going to serve some people. I'm going to be there for people. I'm going to build institutions. I'm going to do good. I'm going to smile at people. I'm going to help them. I'm going to build relationships. I'm going to keep people together. I'm going to solve conflicts. I'm going to mediate things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all this. I'm just going to keep putting these seeds in. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to bring the rain. The dua is the rain, the salah is the rain, all of these things are the rain. And the rain is going to come and the rain is going to grow things. It's going to be because of Allah, but we're going to keep putting seeds. I think that's sufficient. Any questions or comments anyone has before we have dinner? Yes. Excellent question. The question is, we have said that one of the ways that a person can know some of their faults is to listen to what their enemies say. Their enemies are attacking them for something. It's a, it's a window into some of my possible uh, shortcomings. So if we take that, but how do we know that like this person is not gaslighting us, this person is not abusing us in some sort of way, they're not... Maybe they're wrong, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, what our enemies say is an opportunity to figure out what a shortcoming might be. But they're not necessarily trustworthy advisors. Right? Uh, kind of like shaitan. <laughs> you know, sometimes we have things inside of us. Shaitan is very tricky, subhanAllah. Sometimes we have the things inside of us, they're like very small thing. Shaitan will come, blow that thing out of proportion. Because that's what he does. Our enemies are the same. There might be something, there's a little bit of truth in it. But our enemies will come and blow that thing out of proportion. Right? So it's not necessarily that we just take whatever they say wholesale. But in my process of trying to understand myself, I try to have this uh, honesty and I try to develop my own intellect and I recognize that what this person is saying might be an opportunity for me to understand something about myself but I don't like they're not they're not a trustworthy advisor so I'm not gonna take it like 100% but I'll give you maybe an example. This is not necessarily an enemy, you know, but like 
It's very common if you give khutbas that people will criticize you. Okay? Oftentimes, the immediate response to that criticism is like, this is out of pocket. You know? Like, it's not... But, if you listen a little bit, you might realize like, you know, okay, there's something to what the person... Maybe there's something to it. Like, maybe they might come and they might say, you know, brother, like, it's a khutbah. You didn't quote enough Qur'an and you didn't do it enough in Arabic. Immediate response is usually like, alright, Zakallah khair, you know. Like, I know the madahib on what the conditions of the khutbah are and like, it was okay, the khutbah was valid. You know, like, in your head you could start doing that. And at the same time you might be like, okay, like, there's some truth to what he said. Some truth. I'm not going to make my entire khutbah like 20 verses in Arabic and stuff like that, but maybe I should have had a little bit more Arabic, you know. Uh, so some, I think the idea is more like they give us an opportunity for insight. Anyone else? This is a nice armrest. I found it tonight. I don't think I found it before. It's like really nice. Yes. A little bit louder, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Your response and how you react to a person can also be your test. Can also give you insight. You know? Like, okay, even if the person is wrong, if they're coming to give me a little bit of advice, and they've done it relatively politely, my job is to accept that. I can assess whether or not it's right or whether or not it's true or how much of it I want to take to heart or whatever. But my job is to accept that. My job is not to get like agitated about that, right? Yeah, so, so in my agitation, there's a little bit of a like, okay, you need to check yourself a little bit. Yeah. But again, these are like general things. The specific, there can be hard cases make bad luck. Specific cases can be different sometimes. As, as I was telling everyone this morning, you guys probably know by now, I like to bring up general ideas and then complicate them. Okay. Why? Because general ideas don't cut it. Like really broad reaching things, they give you a direction to look, but they don't tell you everything. And if we don't understand that like, I cannot abandon my own intellect, I cannot abandon my own responsibility, I cannot abandon my own wisdom and how I understand and apply these things. We cannot. And I have to develop that within myself so that I can act properly. Right? And yeah, it's going to be irritating and like sometimes it's easier, you just get a direct answer. Sorry, you're going to get complication from me. And that's because if someone tells you to walk to that pole right there, the light pole, and you're like, I'm going to walk to the light pole. I'm just going to go straight through that chair and take a big step and go over that barrel. I'm going to get to the light pole. Nobody told you to do that. Just told you to get to the light pole. There is a chair in the way, you just go around the chair. <laughs> you don't have to go through the chair. You don't have to like fall into the hole because they said to go in that direction. No, like, the thing is moving you, the con general concept is moving you in a direction. And our own wisdom and, and judgment and intellect Shows us like, okay, I need to sidestep this a little bit. I need to think about that a little bit. There's this consideration here. And this is the way of Islam. And, and we have to like, Allah has honored us with intellect. Allah has honored us with our, our mind and with, and like, part of being a, a, a full human being is embracing that. Being like, okay, there's an issue here. I'm going to sidestep this a little bit. I need to explore that a little bit. You know, so these questions are good. Yeah, inshallah, like this question. Because they, they remind us that, like, okay, I need to look at it. Anything else? No? Subhanak Allahumma bihamdik nashadu an la ilaha astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Allahumma inna nasalika al-huda wa tuqa wa al-afaf wa al-ghina wa mustanabi sitrika al-jameel wa mustanabi sitrika al-jameel. 
اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وخينا هذا بنا ربنا لا تزلكم ربنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهبنا لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وهيئ لنا من أمرنا راشدة نصر من الله وفتح قريب ونبشر المؤمنين اللهم إرنا الحق حقا وزقنا تباعا وإرنا باطلا باطلا وزقنا اجتنابا اللهم زقنا حسن الخاتمة اللهم زقنا حسن الخاتمة اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم يا عالم السر منا لا تهدك الستر عنا وعافنا وعفو عنا وكنا حيث كنا اللهم ايقظ قلوبنا لك ونبهنا من غفلة عنك اللهم ايقظ قلوبنا لك ونبهنا من غفلة عنك اللهم اجعل اخر كلامنا لا اله الا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم انصر اخواننا في فلسطين اللهم انصر اخواننا في فلسطين كن معهم يا رب العالمين ايدهم يا رب العالمين بنصر من عندك ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وزد وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله عدد كمال الله وكمال كل كمال سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين بارك الله فيكم دون فكتي دنا العمر ا there's still spots for the umrah trip okay so what happened is when you book Umrah, you have to reserve a certain number of seats with the airline, okay? You're paying for those either way. So we reserved those seats, we sold them to the people who reserved them. Then sometimes people back out for whatever reason, sometimes people change it, they don't want to go on the flight now, they want to book their own flight, they want to do these kind of things. So whereas before we had sold out, now we have seven seats left. So. There's still opportunity if anyone wants to join us. Uh, all the information is online and also Shireen is there. She can answer any questions. Okay, barakallahu fikum. And uh, that's it. Enjoy dinner. Enjoy one another. And say bismillah. Inshallah, barakallahu fikum. We might pray Asha later. We will pray Asha later, inshallah. We may or may not pray it together in congregation here. <laughs> but inshallah, we will pray it. <laughs> all of us will pray it, inshallah. <laughs> yeah, there's any number of possibilities. <laughs>